Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise for this precious day. We lift up our hands in rejoicing and with surrender to the great I am. We thank you. 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 Lord, we thank you for wine press day one. We thank you for wine press day two. Now we thank you for wine press day three. Oh, blessed be your name, oh God. We know that better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. So we are sure that tonight would be more glorious, more powerful, and having more encounters than we even had in all the other two sessions. Why not lift up your hands to God, everyone? And begin to give him praise and begin to give him glory. Exalt his name. Let the fruit of your lips offer up praises to him. Let the fruit of your lips offer up thanksgiving to him. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. Wave your hands to him and just pray in the spirit for two minutes. Shalabakos Talaha Kos Faratikas Kekas Shakatos Talaha Arabakosa Kabahalabish Elamatos Alabako Baradanabaha Amaradokosa Karabako Shadabaha Glory to God Oh, we give you praise Jesus, mighty name of pray. I'd like to welcome every one of you to Wine Press Day 3. Today is the final day of our three days intense time of just waiting on the Lord, fasting and prayer. I believe that everyone has participated in these times of fasting and praying and you have just waited on the Lord to seek the face of your Father and wherein you can draw grace and strength from. You know, the Bible says that those that wait upon the Lord, it shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and they will not be wearied. And I believe that's what has happened to every one of us. Strength, fortification has come upon us into our spirit, has been fortified in these three days of just intense staying and waiting on the Lord. Pausing every distraction, throwing everything out of the way and staying with him. So I'd like to welcome you. Wherever it is that you're watching from, you can just type on the, on the comment section, you know, welcome, welcome, welcome. Revival now, you can put it there. Just say hi to someone there. You know, put it on the chat box on YouTube or Mixler or Instagram or whatever it is that you are, you are participating from. The second thing that I want you to do is that I want you to take this link right now and share it. Not just put it alone on your social media page. Send it to some of your friends. Some of your friends or your family members that you would like them to be a part of it. Send the link directly to them. Tonight I'm talking about something very powerful. And it's very important that this message really is a message for the whole body of Christ. Yes, it's a message for the whole body of Christ. It's one that you want to listen to. And you want others that you love, others that you love to listen to. The second, the third thing I like you to do, like I always repeat again, is that 
I would like you to pray under your breath. From the beginning of the sermon to the end of the sermon, pray under your breath. Don't forget that. It's very powerful. That's the instructions that the Lord has asked us to do. The final thing is that if you can see, you would, un, you would if you, I mean, I don't know if the camera is towards this direction, but you can see that we want to take communion. And so I'd like you to get ready for that. You know, get ready to take communion. We're going to be having communion. So you go and get your, you know, your bread or your biscuit or your wine or your water. Whatever it is, at the end of this session, we're going to be taking communion. We're going to be using communion to close up the wine press three days. Now, let me say something to you. Many times I've asked the Lord, why is it that after a conference, people don't draw fully the aftermath of conferences after great meetings like this and the Lord told me the parable of the sower listen the biggest mistake you're going to make is that wine press ended today no that's a mistake wine press only started with audio and visual that you had but that must be a continuation in your life if I were you I wouldn't even stop the fasting if I were you, I would stop the hunger. If I were you, I would continue. Do not see this as, oh, finally we finished wine press. Oh, I can just wait for the next time we're going to have this time. No, keep your hunger sustained. Remember what I taught you two days ago? I said, God can give you hunger and you yourself can generate it for yourself. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, if any man thirsts. And so do not let wine press be a thing that we did three days ago. Tomorrow, pressing more. I'll tell you something. One of the best things that can happen to you is that after a conference, you start your own conference. Which means you go and take the messages of the conference and or, or, the, or, the, or, the, or the retreats that we just had now as a church, you know, and then begin to listen to it again and again and again and again and start praying. Lord, what is it that was said that I cannot see yet? Show it to me. What is it that you are preparing for me that I could not prepare yet? Prepare me for it. That's how you undo these things. That's, what, that's how we take up this word of faith that is able to transform us. Many times when we speak these words right here, it's not all that you can get in just this, you know, one hour, 30 minutes or max, two hours. Tonight, I'm going to be speaking for a very short time. It's not going to be as long as yesterday. But it's going to be so powerful, precise, and accurate. Because I'm going to be talking about something that I believe is a message not just for the new but for the old body of Christ and so if you have friends and families and loved ones or people that you want them to be a part of what is going on now I'd like you to please take the link and share it with them because it's a prophetic message for our generation listen in every generation I believe that is in the wisdom of God to anoint people and anoint men and women who would speak on his behalf for several generations it's every generation's responsibility to tutor and to school and to bring into the fullness of all that God wants to do in that generation. And I believe that the Lord has given me a message tonight for our generation. One that doesn't cut across only the new as a church from all our installation, but cuts across the body of Christ, particularly our generation. It's a message for this generation. And you want to stay clued from the beginning to the end. Many of what I'm going to be saying today would be like stories. I'm going to be sharing a lot of story. But in the stories are the power. Remember, 
Jesus many times when he had meetings with his disciples he would share with them parables but those parables were so powerful that could transform their life and so don't see this as test by moonlight because I'm going to share a lot of stories but it's the power within and after which we're going to pray we're going to take communion and then we're going to start the wine press say after me wine press just started for me it just started for me you know this is not a conference this is not a church conference this is a retreat so this is what we are having it's not a conference this is not oh the conference wine press no we're not going to build monuments with this one it's a retreat it's a church retreat that we are having together glory to God are you ready for what God wants to do here tonight all right why not raise your hands and just begin to give him praise begin to give him thanks and exalt his name blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to take a hymn together. And after we take the hymn, I would get into the message. I believe that the lyrics will be shown on the screen. And so you can just sing it just like we sang on Sunday in Christ alone for those who were in the Kedra. Right? Just again, we're going to take an hymn and then we're going to sing it. Nadine, please come and help. We're going to take that hymn together and I wanted to sing it you know, in your homes, in your sitting room, wherever it is that you are, and we're going to just worship God with it. Are you ready for God? All right, raise your hands, everyone, and let's give God thanks.
of the living God. Move in this house tonight. We've come to you, male and female, young and old, with our heart panting for you. As the deer water, as the deer panted for the water broke, so Lord, our souls longed after you. We want more of you, O God. We want the full manifestation of your power because we carry in our inside the greater one, which is you. And we are grateful, God, for what you are set to do. Tonight, O oh God, I ask that you would anoint my lips of clay, O oh God. We ask that there would be revelation and revelation knowledge. That the eyes of the people's understanding will be enlightened. And our hearts will be filled with light. I rebuke every satanic influence uninterrupted. I declare in the name of Jesus that the eyes of the people will see here and know what your spirit is saying to the church now. We give you honor and we give you praise, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Tonight, I will be speaking on the subject, Revival Now. Revival Now. If you're looking for a title for tonight's message, that's the title. Revival Now. I believe, God, that tonight would bring a shift in your life. And not only in terms of the information or the revelation that you would, you would get tonight, but there would be true manifestation. The manifestation that goes beyond excitement and jumping and screaming. But the manifestation of proof. The word of God says, the earnest expectation of creation waited eagerly for the manifestations of the sons of God. I believe tonight that as the word proceeds forth, there would be true manifestations in your life. I like your heart to be ready to receive. This is not a time for any form of distraction whatsoever. Everything that you're probably doing now at this point might not be as necessarily as painful attention to the words that will be spoken to you tonight. Remember that anyone who comes up here to teach you, it is God who is speaking to them. So you can as well hear the voice of God right now because that's what you're hearing. It's just that God has to use ethnic verses to speak his words. Are you ready for tonight? First off, I will be talking about the revivals. The revivals in several generations. Remember I told you that tonight's message is not a message just for the new alone. It's a message for the whole body of Christ. I would be talking about the revivals in several generations. Not just in Nigeria, but in the world. But for the sake of tonight, I would focus solely because of the time that we do not have, I will focus on the revival in Nigeria. And the reason why it's important that we have a good understanding 
of this knowledge of what had occurred before now of what our fathers have done is so that you and I can have a good understanding and a good interpretation of the coming revival because when you understand the former you can predict and tell what is going to happen in the latter and so I wanted to pay very close attention to this I will be talking about the Pentecostal move because many of you and many of us are Christians born again we come to church we are in the Pentecostal movement but we don't understand why we are even in this thing we don't understand why we are Christians we don't understand why we serve God we come to church we love God we believe and confess that God is able to do whatever he says he would do but many of us do not believe that he's able to do it for us we believe that God is able to do it for every other person but us with happy for people's testimony which is good but when it comes to us we don't think that God we don't believe that his power is truly able to do it for you but he can do it for others this is the foundation of Christianity and the frustration of many believers particularly in our generation that is why there are many people who are leaving the church cotton and cold as they were in this time because they can't see the power daring anymore Jesus said the word which I speak unto you they are spirits and they are life this gospel is not a gospel of talk it's the gospel of power signs and wonders and so tonight I feel compelled to teach deeply on certain truths that would help you form some foundation basic foundation of your Christian journey and also help you position yourself accurately in which what God in what God pardon me wants to do in your own generation because when you understand what God did in the previous generation you can take a trail you know history always finds a way to repeat itself you can look at the pattern and say ah this is the pattern that happened in the old this is most likely a prediction of what might happen again and that's why I'm teaching tonight but before I go into that detail the first question I like to ask us and our first question I like to answer tonight is what is the gospel? You know, many people say, oh, I'm a Christian. And when we come to church, or when you call your friends together and say, let's go for evangelism, we say, let's go and share the gospel. And many people do not even understand what the word gospel means. What is the gospel? Does the gospel mean good news? Someone very easily will say, oh yes, the gospel means just good news. Is that all that there is to the gospel? if we are Christians and we call ourselves Christians then there must be certain signs that shows that we are Christians if not then we are just like every other religion what is the difference between a believer and a non-believer what is the difference between a Christian one who carries the Godhead inside of him or herself and one who is worshipping Shango or an abolist or, or, or whatever it is or mammon what's the difference what is the gospel? Turn your Bible with me to Luke chapter 4 verse 17. I'm going to do a lot of foundation building first. Luke chapter 4 verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, um, Elijah, this Isaiah, but, um, Isaiah, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Next verse. The Spirit of the 
the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Mark that as number one. Why was God anointed? Uh, pardon me, Jesus rather. Why was Jesus anointed? Why did God anoint Jesus? See, you need to understand this. I've said this again. That the name Jesus Christ, the Christ there does not mean his son name. Christ is not his son name. The meaning of Christ means the anointed one. <laughs> Glory to God. So, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Number one. Number two, he has set me to heal the broken hearted. That's number two. Number three, he has to preach the deliverance to the captives. That's number three. Number four, the recovery of sight to the blind. That's number four. Number five, to set at liberty them dead that are bruised. That's number five. Number six, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so when we preach that all that there is in the gospel is prosperity, it's incomplete. All that, if when we preach that all that there is in the gospel is that God no longer, God heals, but he no longer heals like he used to heal before. It's incomplete. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And listen, if this is good, then why then is the whole world yet not receiving it? This is the good news. It's a good news. Now, turn your Bible with me to the book of Acts chapter three, 1 verse 3. Socredika sacrediv ashtalaha. Acts chapter 1 verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proof. Being seen of them 40 days. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom. Now look at this. When Jesus died, he rose again. Then he showed up to his disciples and he took them in a school of the spirit for 40 days. For 40 days, he enrolled them into the school of the spirit, teaching them things pertaining to the kingdom. Ah, I wish, pardon me, I wish that I have the manual that he was teaching them with at the time. The manual is in the Bible. But I wish we, 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 you and I were just given that privilege at that time to be in that 40-day class. The things pertaining to the kingdom. What were the things pertaining to the kingdom? What were the things pertaining to the kingdom? So it means that day one, it would teach them certain things. Day two, it would teach them certain things. Day three, it would teach... When it got to the 40th day, aha, this release has occurred fully then I can go. So what are the things pertaining to the kingdom? Turn your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Shadabakorabata. I want to see you. Matthew chapter 28. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Teaching them to observe all things there, what, whatever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. 
teaching them to observe that which I have commanded you. This commanded you means that there were certain things that in that space of 40 days, God, Jesus, pardon me, taught the disciples. There were things pertaining to the kingdom that he gave to the disciples as custodians. There were things that were ordinances. There were some touch not things that he taught them for that 40 days that as long as you stay in the curriculum of these 40 days, then you would establish my kingdom here on earth. But he said to them, before you can fully establish this kingdom, you need to go and stay in Jerusalem and wait for me. Wait for the Holy Spirit rather. Acts 1. Acts 1. And you shall receive power. Acts 1.8. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you will be witnesses to me. So it means that until the Holy Ghost falls upon you, until you receive power, you cannot witness. That suggests to us that the gospel is a gospel of power. That suggests to us that in establishing kingdom, the kingdom cannot be established without power. This is why in the Old Testament, the battles of kings were battles of kingdom, was battles of nation. When a nation comes against another nation, the plan is to take the territorial possession of that nation. What is going on there is a power display. And like I say all the time, power is not given, power is taken. So you need to understand that the gospel, this is why Paul said, the words, my words are not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in the Holy Ghost and with power. So this gospel is the gospel of power. If our religion is void of power, then we have relegated it to an intellectual advice. If this Christian religion, quote unquote that we call it, is void of the power of the spirit, is void of the tangible power of God, then it's an intellectual advice we are having. This is why many people would rather go for seminars and seminars and, and all of those things than come to church. And Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. What does prayer mean? It's a place of power. This is one of the ordinances that our generation have kicked off away. We don't understand the dimension of power. And the reason why is because at some point, that motivational move entered and crept into the church that the church now became a lecture theater to teach certain things that could be as well taught any other place. But people, particularly in the generation, did not touch and feel the power of the gospel. This is the reason why tonight I want to take us back to tell us the story of how what we are enjoying today. You can see the move of God across the nation of the earth in Nigeria. You can see dead raised back to life, blind. See, you need to understand what occurred before some of those things begin to began to happen. And so tonight is going to be a school of teaching us back the revival how did this Pentecostal movement start how do we have the revival that we have today so that we can appreciate what the fathers of old did and what is going to happen in the future and the price that you and I need to pay any generation that kicks and throws away the fathers and say now we have arrived lacks understanding because let me tell you something to win battles of life you require two things the wisdom of the elders and the strength of the youth the wisdom of the elders and the strength of the youth Moses was on a mountain top as long as Moses raised his hands high Joshua was winning the battle down Joshua had strength to fight the battle but Moses had the wisdom to raise his hands high 
And so we are not that generation that speak against elders and, 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 and fathers who have gone ahead against uh, ahead of us rather. We speak and tweet nonsense and we say all, all kind of crap without understanding the price that was paid. For this faith that we are still standing on today. How they've, how they've given their life. How they've paid price. The altars of prayer that you and I are not even ready to pay yet. The possibilities that we see today came from some of the people who broke the, the, the pioneering thing and broke into new possibilities so that you and I can see that there is no more glass we can break through as well into seeing new dimensions of God they paid the price glory be to God so this gospel of the Lord Jesus is the gospel of power this is why every place Jesus did Bible says everywhere he went he did good he would go there, he would look at the blind he would speak to the face of the, the eyes of the blind be opened, power go to the tomb of Lazarus Lazarus was dead, he said Lazarus comfort, power oh glory to God this religion is not a religion of chasting and talks and, and only just conversation it's the gospel of power this is why Jesus told the disciples for you to do this work that I did on earth you must receive power from the Holy Ghost aren't you glad that the moment you gave your life to Christ you no longer need power to come down from above you have power inside of you it's the Holy Ghost inside of you the Holy Ghost is the engine room it's the power within you you don't need to pray down to call for power to come down anymore there is power in you out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water that power is stuck up within you it's just time for us to begin to release that dimension to our world. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5. Shivraga tozek akarabata jelabrana kosakata For our gospel came not unto you in words only. Do you see that? This was not this was this was not seminar. This was not intellectual advice. This was not just gisting and not having the power therein. This is beyond motivational speaking. He said, but also in what? Power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know, what manner of men we wear. Underline that word. What manner of men? What manner of men? That what manner of them men means the, the, the kind that worked in power they were different we live in a generation where we, we can no longer distinguish between a believer and an unbeliever anymore the lines are so blurry the lines are no longer even existing anymore a, a believer now talks like an unbeliever why it's even now the unbeliever who is now talking like a believer now what a paradox and the Lord is coming to harvest the power generation. Remember what we read with you yesterday in the Bible? That at the, if, if, see, before the Lord comes, this mountain of the Lord house shall be exalted. And I believe that our generation is that generation that will usher in this final move of God. And that's why it's important for us to understand what has happened before now. Shiva rakatala bragatazavahaya. For my generation, oh God, pray that prayer. I am calling out for you. Set me ablaze. Pray that prayer. For my generation, oh God, I am calling out for more. 
for my generation oh God I am coming out for more for my generation oh God I am calling out for more set me ablaze oh God set me ablaze oh God refine me with your refiner's fire oh God hallelujah 1st Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4 1st Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4 and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom but in what? in the demonstration of the spirit and with power this is the gospel this is the gospel this is the good news the good news is power Jesus opened the scroll and read that scripture to them in Luke chapter 4 he said this day this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Romans chapter 8 verse 19. The endless expectation of creation. Waited eagerly for the manifestation of the sons of God. Listen to me. To see manifestation, there is a requirement. And that requirement is the power of the gospel. Glory be to God. And that is why tonight, I would be showing you the history of the church movement in Nigeria. If I had time, I would have talked about some of the some of the move of God that has happened across the foundation of the, uh, across the nations of the earth. But because of the limited time that we have, and I, we have so many other things to do today, I'll just focus on the Pentecostal movement in Nigeria. Glory be to God. Now, the first attempt to bring Christianity to Nigeria was in the 15th century by a Portuguese. He came all the way from, from, from Portugal and they sent him down here and he was a missionary and he was supposed to find a way to propagate Christianity in the 15th century into Nigeria. But he had a very, very tough time. He couldn't do it. You know why? Because the terrain of Africa is quite different from the Western world. This is why, even with spiritual things, are likened to physical things. When you take the apple that you eat, you take that same apple and plant it in Lagos, you can see that that apple will never grow. But you take that same apple and take it to the US, you see that that apple would grow. Why? The soil, the terrain. And so what had happened is that this man came and he had a big problem. In fact, another set of people came and when they came, they came to worry in Pini City. That's where they came. The problem with them then was that the Oba of that Pini dealt with them mercilessly. Because they had never really seen what, see, that is why this gospel is not gospel of talk. They came and were talking to the Oba. They came and were talking to the kings. They came and they were talking to the people. And the Oba was looking at them like that. Look at these ones. They showed them. The white men ran back. <laughs> Glory to God. You know why? Because they met local powers here. And they were, not, they were not equipped enough. This is to tell you that you can be a Christian but not witness the power. Ah, yeah. You can be a Christian. They came to bring Christianity. Listen, the Christianity that is void of power is mere conversation you are having. They chase them back. One of the reasons why the missionaries fails, failed at that time was number one it was the traditional rulers of the time the traditional rulers 
dealt with them. Because these traditional rulers had traditional powers deep in occultism. Let me tell you what used to happen at that time. That time, people would hear all these missionaries that would come, they would listen, they would share tracks for them, they would like it, but go back and bow before their idols. Because their idols was producing the thing for them, but the traditional, but the, the, but the missionaries were speaking grammar. <laughs> Number two was cultural barrier. They had cultural barrier. Number three, part of it is in, um, the, the language. Now, the first real attempt to bring Christianity after that attempt in the 15th century was in 1840. And this was some missionaries who came from the UK and came to Nigeria. The first missionary that came, his name is Reverend Thomas Bash Freeman. And it came in the year 1842. September 24th, 1842. That's when he came. And he came from the, Catholic, um, the Methodist Church. The Methodist Church was owned, founded by John and Charles Wesley. That's how he came. But you see, he could not do much. You know why? Because there are territorial powers in every city, in every nation, in every continent. You see that. There are territorial powers. Until you deal with some of those things, you will never be able to propagate certain things. Because in that time, what they knew, they saw Christianity as another style of living. But they didn't witness the power therein. In fact, many of them didn't even believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They only taught it. That's why the Bible says, the letter killeth is the spirit that brings life. That's why if you read your Bible, you need to pray for fire so that the, the words that have been spoken through the Bible through you becomes a rema. So it's not just words to you. The second missionary who came was Henry um, Townsend in January 1843. He came from the Anglican Church. Same thing. He couldn't make so much progress. Boom! He had to go back. The third missionary who came was Obdawell. 1846. He went to Calabar. He was from the Presbyterian Church. He couldn't do much as well. He and his team. After a while, they left. They were able to get a few people saved, but not really propagate the land. The fourth missionary who came was Thomas J. Bowen. Some of you went to Bowen University. You know what I'm talking about. That was the Baptist Church. He came in right there. They tried to propagate it. They brought in Bibles. Started sharing Bibles, sharing tracts. But still then, they couldn't really do much. And then came Father Shana. I'm sure many of you have known of, of heard of Father Shana. Went to the Igbo land, the east. That was the Catholic movement. This was how the Catholic propagated. They were the ones who made the strongest attempt. Because they came in with money. They came with resource. They came with materials. They helped the poor. They helped the needy. So a lot of people gathered together. And then the sixth person that came was Mary Slessor, 1876. I couldn't do much. I'm trying to run because of time. I would have explained more of all these stories, but because we don't have so much time. Whoosh, I'm looking at time and we need to move fast. Now, the seventh a missionary team who came was Salvation Army in 1890. The Salvation Army were the ones who believed that 
this gospel was not just a gospel unto Christianity alone, but there was a thin line with the gospel and also with government. So they wanted to work with the government. They brought a lot of help and support, but still then, they couldn't really do much. The Pentecostal movement that we have today kick-started in the year 1918. That was where we started seeing the rise of it. By a man called Joseph I'm not going to really teach on that but these are things these are some things that must be taught for a new generation to understand let me tell you how this happened in that time in that year there was an, a breakout in that in that city Elisha a breakout of chicken pox if it's in our time now we would have called it a pandemic or an epidemic and people were just getting that, that, that smallpox rather smallpox everywhere they were just getting smallpox everywhere this man one day was on the road because he used to repair road he was a road repairer and right there the Lord visited him and showed him a vision and gave him the assignment of the work that he was going to do immediately after he got that encounter with God he went on a 19 days fasting and prayer try just waiting on the Lord see I told you that some of the things, some of the stories I'm going to be sharing with you, the secrets to stir this coming revival is in it. Remember I said he entered into 18, 19 days fasting and prayer. Dry. Just waiting. But you see, even at that time when they started to gather together, there was power displaced started to show up. He had so much results in that dimension that one day a particular people took somebody to church and because the people and this was what used to happen at that time. They would have abolists, they would have idols, all of them in the house. They would have, have idols. But when they started to teach, they would go to church. They would go to church to eat, to get clothes, and they would go back to their idols. This particular day, what happened was that they had a meeting and a particular lady died. So they rushed the lady and brought him to where he was. And he said, God is able to heal. And right there, he spoke over the woman and the woman came back to life. That was the first time in that city they were seeing divine healing, particularly in the raising of the dead. The word broke out everywhere. They had never seen that before because their gods that they served could never have done that before. They had seen some dimension. They had seen people call people. They've seen people in different things. They've seen some power at the level, but they had never seen the dead raised back to life. Pam! A revival broke out. They started calling each other. They started telling people each other. He got his call at the age of 26. Wake up. You are not too young to start serving God. Even if you are 15, you are 17, you are 16. You are not too young to start serving God. You are not too young. Because I'll tell you something. The Bible says if any man tests, the power dimension is not by age. It's by thirst. It's by thirst. Kurabatele brotiga sandra bahala baha. This is how the revival started. The revival broke out. It's it, it's okay, okay, oh yeah, so if I gotta pronounce pronounce um the the, the 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 right name for it in the city of Elisha, that was how the revival broke out. This is how people see it broke out so much that people would gather. Remember, at that time. There was no social media. There was no print media. This, this thing 
we are doing in this kingdom right now in our generation whereby we think that those who have the best ministries are those who have the strongest social media listen crowd work is important for this work it's not just about social media those men had supernatural announcement let me tell you something friends if you want God and you want certain things to happen in your life before you start running for social media and trying to put PR for yourself go to the PR of heaven there is no better PR agency than God it's when God blows the whistle that's when March will start to <laughs> yeah God is a chief announcer God is your chief announcer I said it one time, I said if you have a project God is your chief launcher no man is your chief launcher if you have a business, if you have a job if you want to promote yourself to a next level yes it's good to do some of those things but don't rely solely on those things God is your PR agency himself did he have any other thing? let me tell you what used to happen at that time, people from Syria alone will find out the time that this man by Ayobabalala was having meeting and they would carry water this is how this water thing started to happen because they would, because people were coming to him so much to pray for them. So after a while, he said to them, I can't be praying for everybody. So people would go and take water. And he would stretch forth his hand with thousands and multitudes of people. And just pray. And people would go and take that same water and give to the blind and give to the sick and give to the lame. And people who were dead and they would drink it and they would come back to life. This is the reason why many times man now forms monument on things in which God used to communicate to a dispensation and to a generation temporarily for a time. This is why you see many people now carry butter, water everywhere and carry water. It's not, it's not doctrine. God only just used it at that time because of the limitation of the time. Somebody pray, say, I see, I see, I see. Now, at that time, this man would walk into native doctors. Native doctors. This was when the Oba, Oba of the Oba of Ibadan, I don't know what it, yeah, gave his life to Christ. The Oba in those days, represents the oracle himself. The oracle. This man would enter into shrines and they would be having their, their, their occultic meeting and enter it and kick the shrines down. And right there, they will be falling down and be giving their life to Christ. Paul said, the gospel is not with enticing words of men, but with Ayila Parashata, with the Holy Ghost and with power. How do you advise someone who has mental problem? Who is in the psychiatric hospital? Who has pro mental problem? You say, don't, don't behave like you're mad. Don't be, he's mad already. How do you advise that? Listen, there are so many things science cannot help and do. There are limitations to some of these things. All power belongs to God. The word of God says, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. All authority. Those dead, living and alive. Do you know even science is authority? It means all authority. At the mention of my name, every knee shall bow. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. If you put your trust on man, and you put your trust on science, you put your trust in your uncle, you put your trust in what you have in your bank account, you have only failed unknown to you. 
There's only one name in which men can be saved. Safety is in the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs to it. That's where safety is. I pity those who believe in money. Who believe money have wings, they fly. Be careful what you are. See, it's good to have money because we need money for this gospel. Amen. And God wants you blessed. God wants you wealthy. But you put your trust not on mammon. Remember what I said to you yesterday? Your heart, you put your trust on the living God. Glory be to God. And so this is how they started. I remember one time, a story of him. They came for breakfast in his house on a Sunday morning. He knelt down to pray. And he didn't stand up again until Wednesday, the same day, the, the, the next day. They started on Sunday. He started praying until Wednesday. That's when he stood up. <laughs> Price. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. I can't remember. Yeah, who would break proton bottles on rocky soil and put his bend in it. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm only just showing you the price that some of these people paid for the revival that we are enjoying today. I remember one time, some of the story as well. There was a particular king who came with a, with a, 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 with a cutlass. This cutlass, because at that time, the, the revival was spreading, not just in Elisha, it has spread to the southwest of Nigeria. Everybody in the southwest was having encounters. People started breaking shrines. Revival occurred that people now got the spirit of boldness. They would see shrines and go there and break it. People would wake up in the middle of the night and be looking for occultic meetings and go to those occultic meetings and slap them and destroy it. Revival just broke out. One particular man who was so angry, he called himself the chief occult of the land, came with a, 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 a cutlass. The, when it was coming the cutlass, the cutlass had fire on it. Fire. Have you seen that before? It was blazing fire. It was coming towards Baba Lord. I said it was going to kill him that day because of what was going on. I'm telling you, at that time, the word spread around supernatural advertisement to places like Ghana, to Syria alone. People were up waiting for the time when this man was going to minister. Not that they were seeing it, not live stream, oh. not live stream. They weren't going to see him. They were just waiting with their water. <laughs> the man was coming with the cutlass. He saw him, just the red man. He said, in the name of Jesus, the, the, the fire and the thing just disappeared. Another time, one Oba tried to tempt him, gave him a bush. The bush that always sings. When they enter into the bush, they'll be hearing different noise. Ooh, they call it the bush of the dead. He entered into it. The moment he entered into it, what the story was that a tree fell in the market square. When the tree fell in the market, that was how the Oba gave his life to Christ. Without fear, it was fearless. Entered into it. Let me tell you how. This is how the revival of signs and wonder, this is how the Pentecostal movement broke through in Nigeria. That was how we broke through. But that is why people now got to a dimension where they will look witches and wizards, look at witches and wizards in their face and cast them to death. Remember I told you some of the things that happened before? Many missionaries who came, who were speaking lingua, English, sent them away. But this thing broke it into a dimension. The move of God. This is where now young men now started to rise. People like Akbenson um, um, Idaosa, Akbishop. Benzin in the Osa. Archbishop was in Assemblies of God at the time. 
saw that pattern brought into some of this dimension. Let me say something to you. This man paid deep sacrifices of their life to give us an image of possibilities. Because no man brings revival but Jesus. So nobody is the revival. Nobody bets a revival. It is Jesus. The Holy Ghost is the Lord of the harvest. Is the one who broods upon the nations. Is the one who broods upon the generation. Just like he's brewing upon our generation now to bring a revival. But the question is, every generation has a price to pay for this revival. Every generation, you and I, as a believer, you have a price to pay. Because God did not just give birth, bring you on this earth to count numbers. He put into you a specific assignment, not for your own self-wish, but for his own kingdom and for his own purpose. So you are here on purpose, on a mission for the Savior, Jesus. That's why you're here. My question is, are you playing the reason why you were sent here? Are you playing it out? And you can't play it out until you understand this dimension of power. Raise your hands and let's pray in the spirit. Two minutes, everyone. This is where people like Archbishop Benzinda also came up from. People like Paku Dayomi of the Redeemed Church of God came up from. People like um, um, the Deeper Life, um, Brokumi, at the time, these people would, would write tracts. They would go to villages and they paid price. Do you know when redeemed, when, when, when Baba Deboye went to that, to that town where they are today, that place was not developed. It was not anything. It was a bush. They would say that they would find snake in the house. Price that they paid. You've heard stories of a man of God who will go to the mountain and go and pray fast for days and snake will beat them there. Rain will beat them there. Sun will dry them. And they will still say, this is the mountain of the Lord. They paid a price to break something open for a generation. You and I, we are the 11th hour generation. The fathers have labored. We have walked into their inheritance. But there is a price for us to, to pay for the coming generation. Because our generation is, resp is responsible for that coming generation. A generation came after that generation. This was how this motivational thing slipped in, into the church. Whereby you come for a church service and you cannot decipher between motivational speaking and the power of the gospel. It's like just taking fresh air in church. Fresh air. The word is, it doesn't have, you just get excited after there is no power to do. But that is changing in our generation. Yet again, we will see this mighty move of God. Yet again, somebody pray, pray in the spirit now. Yet again, yet again, oh God. Yet again, oh God. Lift your two hands and say, through me, oh God. Through me, oh God. Yet again, oh God. Through me, oh God. Lift up your two hands. Through me, oh God. Use these hands of clay, oh God. 
Use this hands of clay, oh God. Use this hands of clay, oh God. sons and daughters will prophesy. The young men will see vision. The old will dream dreams. The best of God is never in the past. The part of the just is like a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. The endless expectation of creation waited eagerly for the manifestations of who? The sons of God. <laughs> of the sons of God. And you are that generation. This is the generation that will seek your face. This is the generation. This is the generation. And listen, this is the generation that would usher in this move of God. But guess what? It's so sad and painful and heartbreaking that this is the most distracted generation ever. And really, it's because we are blinded to really see the agenda of the devil. Because from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter to the Revelation ending, you could see that every time God wants to do something new, the devil always finds a way to discard and stop it. But it's only those who beyond reasoning came to a higher sense of understanding that can pinpoint his agenda and say, no way, I will stand for God in my generation. The Lord is asking, where are the 7,000 who haven't bowed for bow? Where are the 7,000 who haven't bowed for bow? Where are the 7,000 who have not bowed for bow? Where are the 7,000? Who would rebuild the ordinances? Who would be like a Nehemiah? and rebuke the cities, rebuke the gates, rebuke the worlds that was once broken. Because God cannot do anything, but he uses a man. He said, I sought for a man amongst you, but I found none. God cannot do anything, but until it's you, it's you he's looking for, brother and sister. It is you. 
found David my servant after my heart with the holy oil I anointed him can God say that about you I found Bimbo I found Joshua I found Itunu I found Shola I found Banke with the holy oil can God find you and listen to me when God is searching God is not looking for eloquency God is not looking for intellect God is looking for hearts take my heart and let it be consecrated unto you <laughs> oh yeah I am oh God yeah I am oh God Christians. That's not an attribute of a son. A son is responsible. You're responsible with your father's business. You're responsible with the kingdom curse. You're responsible with the will of God on earth. Now listen to this. One of the things that the Lord did in that generation was that they operated in what we call a strong prophetic insight they were quite apostolic but they had a strong prophetic dimension the old men would dream dreams they saw things dreams are things that are not in the present but in the future you don't see a dream in the present you see a dream about something that's going to happen or something that has happened in connection something that's going to happen so they saw, they had prophetic inclination. What we call the prosperity gospel, 
that even was is being baptized today, which I said yesterday that the truth of that gospel is so true, but we need to bring a balance to it. The first thing of that prosperity gospel is deadness to self, which means there is nothing that I have that I cannot give to God. But listen to me. The Lord told me that our generation is an apostolic generation what does it mean to be apostolic it means to pioneer it means to start something new it means to rebuild the realms it means to bring back a life again Lift up your hands and pray in the spirit. I feel an anointing. I feel an anointing. An apostolic unction. This is why you see that in our generation, the kind of invention that has never happened in previous generation is happening in our generation. Apostolic, pioneering, starters. A wave came in the generation. So many people want to be career professionals. You see this generation, many people restless. Many people are more in, in tuned to being entrepreneurs. They have new ideas. They want to start something. It's not, a, it's not you that put yourself like that. It's not you that made yourself like that. That got you that restless to the point that you want new ideas. You want to start something new. It's that pioneering thing about our generation. It's a pioneering generation. So also, for this kingdom of our Lord Jesus, there are so many things the Lord has committed to you and I to pioneer. Building on the altars of the fathers so that the price that they've paid would not go to waste. People paid price. Elijah, Moses, Noah, Jesus paid the highest price, the price of the cross. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the pain of the cross, paid the price of the cross for you and I. The creator, the creator himself took himself low and became the created and went on the cross for you and I paid the price gave us his life gave us salvation gave us soteria gave us the gift of righteousness and look at what we are doing with it as a generation touching ordinances no honor no wisdom just talking anyhow just tweeting crossing fathers touching things that should not be touched just misbehaving and the cry from heaven what is going on in the generation? This is the price we paid for you. The generation ought to build on the altars of what has been built in the previous generation. Can you build for me what has been built? If your father built several skyscrapers, can you take it up higher to 20 skyscrapers? That's what we ought to be doing. But what we are doing in our generation is taking those ordinances and breaking them down like they don't matter. We are trying to convert the word of God to appeal to a generation. The word of God is the same yesterday, today and forever. It doesn't change as generation changes. The word of God is yes and amen. It stays forever. And 
so the Lord showed me a vision and I saw a stream and I started to pray I said Lord what is this and the Lord told me about the coming revival for our generation and I'm going to share with you briefly and after which we'll take communion the Lord showed me four things about the coming revival. Turn your Bible with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 10. Koramande Pobata. Koramanda Laba. that has blinded the eyes of men that has put scales in the eyes for people to see the glorious gospel of Jesus we knock them off tonight every limitations 
Everything that has not made you commit yourself to God. Over every darkness. Yes, Lord. You are causing light to shine from the Let there be light. You are pulling. Let there be light. Now, look at Bornu, look at Nazareth, look at the way Christians are being killed there. So that this altar would be maintained. So that this generation will see and usher in the glorious Jesus, the bride. Your passion for God must go to another level from today. People say, why are you carrying God on your head too much? You ask them, is it you I'm supposed to be carrying on my head? And by the way, who else should you carry on your head but your creator? The person who gave you the very life and the breath of those race. I'm unashamed, passionate about Jesus and his kingdom. To see that our generation is covered for him. See, when you have this understanding, giving will be easy for you. Coming to church, they will stop begging you. Bringing people to God and bringing them to your church or getting them born again will become your lifestyle. Your resources will be, will be given to him. Because he loved you before you loved him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody say, I hear, I hear, I hear. All right, turn your Bible quickly. Let me close. I saw a vision. And the Lord showed me a stream. Thank you, Nadine. Genesis chapter 2, verse 10. And the river went out of Eden to the water, to the to water the garden, and from there it was parted, and it became into four ends. The Lord showed me four streams of revival. I'm talking about the four, about the revival, the coming revival. The Lord showed me four. And I humbly submit that in it's good to know that we know in parts. There can be more than that. But the Lord, the one he showed me in, in, the, in, in his grace revealed to me are these four. 
number one, the Lord told me, because they have seen several revivals before. There was a time we saw the teaching revival. People like Kenneth Egan brought doctrine and balance. There was a time we saw the faith revival. There was a time we saw prosperity. There was a time we saw healing revival. People like um, um, Mary Woodward Etta. We saw Alexander Doe. We saw Katrin Kuma. We saw Ben Hinn. And now recently, we saw the grace revival. But the Lord told me, there is a coming revival and a flood of the Spirit that is passed by, that was powered and pioneered and moved in by the Lord of the harvest himself, the Holy Ghost. And we are going to see it in four ways in our generation. It will come with a very strong wind of the Spirit and a strong apostolic edge with it. The first one the Lord showed me in the vision was the stream of healing. The Lord told me like never again before, we are going to see unusual healings that we thought that the best healings were the days of God's generals whereby people like Catherine Kuma would be in the airplane flying into a city and they would put the lame and the blind in the airports and while she's landing, they are getting up from the wheelchair. The Lord told me yet again, we will see such revival. He said the very ones who just gave their life to Christ will be healing the sick and raising the dead. God told me it's my move. It's powered by no man, but the time has come for this move. It's the healing stream. He said every believer as long as we are born again, carry that stream on your inside. It's not something that will come upon you. Yes, you can come as a door, as a, as a level rather, based on the healing anointing and the office that you're operating. But it's natural. The Bible says, this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will heal the sick. So every believer can walk in this stream. So when we gather together in church, it's a streams gathering. It's a streams gathering. It's a streams gathering. It's a streams gathering. This will help you understand why you come. So that these streams can be stirred. These streams can be awakened. These streams can be gushed forth. The healing stream. Because of time, the second stream that the Lord showed me is the wealth stream. He said there's going to be a move of wealth that will shake unbelievers shake unbelievers he said I'm going to transfer wealth to the righteous for my righteous cause a stream of wealth but my people must know that this wealth is not for their pocket just like I taught you yesterday is for unto the Lord and his kingdom cause number three stream the Lord showed me I'm going to teach more of this on this in the coming days when I saw it, I was dazed myself because I never really expected that it would be a stream of the Spirit. But it's a stream of creativity. The Lord said, I am the creator. See, can't you see that God is the king and the, and, and, the, and the power behind all creativity? It is night here in Nigeria. It is morning somewhere in another country. Creativity. You see human beings, how beautiful they are. Creativity. 
you fly, you see the skies, you see the suns. Have you gone to a park before? You see the animals, you see the birds, you see the lions, you see the leopards. You see, you see, you see the wisdom of God, creativity. God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon the flesh, upon the generation. They would walk in creativity. This is why men and women, the Lord spoke to me last year that we are entered into a season of witty inventions. Witty inventions. People would have encounters. They are walking by the day. Idea will come to their spirit. They are sleeping at night. I will give them the organogram, the structure to build that business for me, to build that ministry for me. Creativity. Ministry will no longer be done just in the four walls of the church anymore. It will now be an expression of creativity. New songs will be sound with creative insight. New businesses will start with creative insight. You will see creativity in finance, creativity in tech, creativity in business, in oil and gas, in banking. The stream of creativity. Oh, thank you, Lord. Raise your two hands and pray in the spirit one minute. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Shala Mahaya. fourth stream is the evangelistic stream the Lord told me this one particularly he said this is a stream that seems to be quiet because nobody everybody has gone onto social media and that's great because in this pandemic the word of God has touched the ends of the earth like never before but the Lord is asking for a rise. This is why we need creativity. This is why we need wealth. This is why we need the healing anointing as well. So that when all these things come together, these streams of, the, the last channel of the streams is the stream of evangelism. Because evangelism is now spreading the word, spreading the good news, telling people, come and see what the Lord can do. Come and see, come and see, come and see the stream of evangelism. He said, tell my generation to rise this up again. Get more passionate about souls. Souls, souls, souls. Not about your money, not about your pocket. Seek you first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Souls. Make it a commitment. This month, get somebody born again. Invite somebody to church. Souls. Let that be your passion. Why did God come, Jesus come for you and I? Why? To rescue our souls souls God is in the business of soul winning that's the only thing that gives a party in heaven oh, souls not your car they don't rejoice because you bought a new G-Wagon or you bought a new car they don't rejoice that's mundane thing mundane they don't even see it they gave it to you it's not it's inconsequential in the whole equation but what gets them a party in heaven what gets the angels rejoicing what gets God the father jumping and screaming yes is another soul coming to him can you make that your utmost delight and you see how God will lavish you with all that you are seeking after commit to God on that today some of you that is the altar you need to build this wealth thing on souls say I see I see I see finally there are price that we ought to pay in our generation change the strings for me there are price yeah yeah 
the price that we ought to pay. Because nothing just falls upon us like ripe oranges on the tree. Yes, we are the 11th hour generation, but that doesn't exempt us from spiritual laws that bets these things. Number one price that our generation needs to pay. The new body of, body of Christ in this generation, please hear you the word of the Lord. Is the price of dying to self. It's the price of submitting your heart to God. I'm not talking about being born again. But just like David says, said, search me, O God, and turn me. If there's any evil way in me, turn me in life everlasting. Your heart. Where my life is not my own, to you I belong, I give myself to you. The price of deadness to self. That God can wake you up and say, go for me to Lokoja and go and preach to just one person and you are okay with it. It's, it's very easy to sing, take the stage, Lord, and have your way. I'm just a vessel and not anymore. It's easy to sing that, but when the reality dawn, can you really be that? Are you comfortable being at the back without being seen? Are you comfortable not being the voice? Are you comfortable God taking you away from a location to another location for his own cause? Are you comfortable? For God to tell you, don't post on social media for one year. Go off social media. Are you comfortable with it? Are you comfortable God asking you for your Isaac? Not Ishmael. Your precious need. Your precious things. Are you comfortable with God saying, lay your life on the altar. The altar of sacrifice. Are you ready to pay the price of sacrifice? Oh God, help us. Oh God, help us. Are you comfortable seeing your brother rise and your heart is not bitter? Are you comfortable to see that other people have been promoted and you are not being bitter about it? Knowing fully well that the Lord who's this there for them will definitely do yours in this timing. Are you dead to self? Can you go anywhere he asks you to go? Or your life is still your own? What many of us we are doing is that we say, God, I give you my life in worship. We utter it, but our heart doesn't mean it. So we worship it, he takes it, then we are doing catch out with him. We take it back from him sometimes, we give it back to him. We take it back from him, and God is saying, submit your life, give me your life. Your life is not supposed to be with you in the first place. As believers, your life is not yours. It's his. The altar of dying to self. That's the price we ought to pay. This generation of old paid that price. People went to bush, lived in bush because God said so. This is why God honors the voice and the words of this man because they paid some dear price. Do you want to talk about the price of castigation? People castigating them. Do you want to talk about the price of them going to speak somewhere and people taking stone and stoning them? Stephen offered up his life. They were stoning him to death. 
Still yet, he saw angel, he saw heaven, gave up the ghost, gave his life for the curse. This gospel is not a gospel for the weak. It's not a gospel for fairity and, and flanger. <laughs> his yoke is easy, his burden is light. But we have prices to pay to see the fullness. Can you stand boldly and speak for God anywhere? Or you are ashamed when you come around the rich person and you can't really talk that God is God because he's paying your salary. Can you pay the price? Number two. The price for hunger and thirst. John chapter 7 verse 37. Lebrodize Vatalas. Begin to get your communion element ready. John chapter 7 verse 7. In the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come and drink. Our generation wants to be known, but we don't want to trust for God. We want to be popular on social media, have thousands of followers following you, and many of which don't like you. You want to impress people who don't like you, and who, when you do something bad tomorrow, they castigate you first. And you lift the altar of hunger. You spend more time on social media than on your altar of God. Thirst. If any man thirsts, the, the, the switch box in the spirit realm, the exchange is thirst and hunger. May your hunger never be quenched. I pray for you. May your hunger never be quenched. Because I'll tell you something. When the devil attacks you, he attacks your hunger for God. May your hunger not be quenched. May your thirst, may your thirst keep getting fresh. Each morning, new mercies I see. New thirst every day. New thirst every day. The price for thirst. God, I'm thirsty for you. I just want more of you. Some of you cannot listen to a two-hour message. You are skipping it. Two hours. You are already, you are already uncomfortable. Oh, they should get to the end now. But you can just, and you can watch Big Brother. When they were doing eviction with Big Brother, once it's almost time, they call the, the evictor, the person they've evicted, pardon me, you're already crying. Buy a house for all your Big Brother celebrities. But when they say, come and donate to church, you say, ah, you don't have hunger, you don't have thirst. You can be on Insta blog, Insta blog, and Bella Ninja. And watching coming to America on the day they were doing the premiere, watching everybody how they dressed, Voltron dressing, Dragon dressing, Power Rangers dressing. You saw everything. You are clicking, liking, liking, like everything. Even the post from Haitist, you've liked it. But when it's come to thirst for God, you you mumble too too many tongues and say, "Thank you, Lord. You are a good God. Thank you, Lord." You are a good God. Thank you, Lord. And you, you are praying, you are asking for a revival. Revivals don't fall that way. Revival falls on thirsty hearts. If any man shall thirst. Listen, let me show you something. I'll give you an analogy. When you are hungry, this place is empty. This, this place is empty. Please put the camera on it. When you are thirsty, it means there's emptiness there. 
it is only those who are thirsty who will be filled up. Can you see? It is only empty spaces that needs an outpouring. You want an outpouring? Thirst. It's when you thirst, it now fills you up. Listen, because you come to church doesn't mean you are thirsty. The woman, the, the, the Samaritan woman sat at the well. Oh. She was at the well, but she wasn't thirsty for the people. <laughs> what you are thirsty for really is mundane things. Is the car, the house, all those things that the Gentiles seek after. That's what you are really thirsty for. Because she was at the well. But the real test that can keep her everlasting, she didn't test for that one. Jesus tested her. I said, give me water to drink. Tested her with the mundane things. Now I said, don't worry. I will give you life everlasting. I will give you a deeper thing. You want the overflow? Hunger and thirst. Number three. This one. The altar of fasting and prayer. Look. No. Psalms 63 verse 1. Psalms 63. Psalm 63 verse 1 Oh God, thou art my God Early will I seek thee My soul thirsted for thee My flesh longed for thee In a dry and thirsty land Can you see that? Where no water is Next verse To see thy power and thy glory As I have seen thee in the sanctuary Next verse Because thy loving kindness is better than life My lips shall praise thee Look at this David was saying something powerful here. He says, the way I saw your power at work in the sanctuary, because the place of the church is the place of power, that same power at work in that church, in that sanctuary, is that same one I want to witness in my life. My soul thirsts for you. My heart hungers for you, panted for you, like the deer for the water so my soul longed after you I'll forever oh God be chasing chasing I love one song by Hillsong he said I spent my life to know but I am far from close to what you are Aya. this God is the God that you can't see finish you see a side of him today you see another side tomorrow he's a God of one see you can't see him finish Moses said show me your glory God said, you can't see me finish. I'm just going to show you a side of me. Because if you see me finish, your brain cannot capture the capacity of me. How do you want to put together the mountains? Look at the beauty of God on the earth. The animals, the beings, the, the beauty. People speak one language here. They speak another language here. The air, the birds, the skies, the stars, the sun setting, the rising of the sun. The, 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 look, at, look at the beauty. The ocean. How do you want? That's just a side of him. All those things. How do you want to capture everything together? Even as man, if you want to go to school and study a course, you have to take one. You can't study everything because your brain doesn't have to capture everything. You can't see him finish. So is the word of God. The reason why you are reading the word and there's nothing to use because there's no fire on your altar. If there's fire on your altar when you are reading the word, you keep seeing more. Have you ever happened, has this ever happened to you before? You read something the word before. You read it again that you saw something totally different. You saw another side of him. Another side of God. 
This is why God couldn't describe himself to, me, to Moses. He said, who would they say that I am? He said, tell them, I am. I am that I am. There's no way, there's no words to use to describe. Indescribable. You made the stars and the sea and you call them by name. Amazing God. Amazing God. Luke chapter 22 verse 44. The altar of fasting and prayer. This altar must be renewed back. We live in a generation who will just eat everything, wake up, just go about buying food here, buying food there. They, they say they want power, they want new light dimension, but just eating. Luke 22, 44. Pardon me, 44. We need to restore back. This man fasted 100 days waiting on the Lord. He will not die. Of course, if you have certain, you know, illness, whatever it is, you know, you have to eat and all that. But at least once in a week, make a commitment to fast. At least once in a week. It doesn't kill somebody. It fortifies your spirit. Make a commitment. Don't go a month. You have eaten... You see, many people eat, there's 365 days in a year. Many people eat over 1 million times in that year. And don't you know that apart from eating food, it's not only food you eat, though. you can also eat junks online. So don't dare think your stomach is only eating food. Some of you are eating food, you are eating silly junks online. Taking everything as truth. Truth, my truth, my truth. Who dashed you truth? you when and you eat it and you are asking for power there's a price to pay for these things you want to be a pioneer in your generation you want to be in the cutting edge in your generation there are price to pay that price is in the altar of fasting and prayer look at this Luke 22 verse 42 44 being in an agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This was Jesus. Who, Jesus prayed to the point his sweat was like blood. His sweat was like blood. Do you know how thick it is? Endless expectation prayer. Heartfelt prayer. Not the phrase. You are praying. You are pinging. You are praying. You are say hello. Um, big bay. Bonner boy, one Grammy. Really? Whiskey to Ah, uh, David did not win. You are praying, no? Then you end the call. Let's shiver, Lord, Lord, Lord. Look at you. When Jesus knew he had a cause, he said, I'm going to walk the walk of the day. while it is day. The night coming when no man can come. Stay there earnestly. Praying, Lord. The strength for the cross gave me. The strength for the cross. Let me, let me be able to complete my assignment on earth. Is that your prayer? I have an agenda. There's a reason why you gave birth to me. There's a reason why you brought me here. Lord, I must fulfill this call. Lord, I must fulfill this destiny to the glory and the altar of your name. Honor of your name. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Fasting and prayer. This is Jesus Stilo. Jesus, the creator, the creator of the world that is praying like this, fasting like this. How much more you? Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayer and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him, that is able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Jesus, 
Look at that. Offered up prayer with strong agony, crying and tears. God, this earth must be saved. God, this earth must be saved. Number four, genuine love for the body. Isaiah 58 verse 6. Genuine love. These are the price that we must to pay. We ought to pay. Genuine love. No, pardon me. Pardon me. Isaiah 58 verse 6 was talking about fast. Is this not the type of fast that I choose? See, that is important that you fast. This is why Jesus said, when ye fast. It's not a suggestion. He's expecting you to fast. Number four, genuine love for the body. Listen to me. Look at me, generation. We live in a generation that castigates the altars and ordinances of God. And it's very clear that many of us profess that we love the body, but we don't. You cannot be castigating what you love a body that you are a part of. I see so many people online saying things like, and I want to address that, things like God is cleansing his church. It's because they lack understanding and they lack knowledge of the word. They will not study to show themselves approved. God, see, who is the church? Jesus is the church. The Bible says it's the church of the firstborn. Christ is the head of the church. So it's just like you saying that Jesus needs a washing of the word with the water of the word who is the word? it's Jesus what is happening, happening is not a cleansing of the church because the church is Christ and Christ is perfect but what needs to happen is the purification of the hearts of you and I who are in the church not the church Upon this rock would I build my church. The gate of hell shall not prevail. The church is a perfected system because Christ is perfect. It's you and I. The church was, see, it is when you and I came in, when man came inside, that's when we started to tweak everything. So God needs to purify our hearts. So when a pastor misbehaves, it's not the cleansing of the church. When a member misbehaves, it's the purification that man's heart was never right with God in the first place. His heart was tweaked to something else. We can, you see, it can start out well, but was tweaked at some point. So we pray that their heart be restored. So don't tweak nonsense and don't say nonsense and say, oh, no, no. Yes, there are people who are sheep, are wolves in sheep's clothing. And it's a function of steal their hearts. Love the body. Protect the body. Stand for the body. Speak for the body. What you are not sure about, don't say it. Speak the truth. When the truth is there, don't keep things out. I mean, you don't, I mean, I'm not, if I, don't, don't hide things. That's not what Christ said. Don't hide things. Speak the truth. But love the body. Are we tearing it down or we are building it up? People stand up and say, oh, we are, they, they, they cause division unknown to them. You see people water down the role of the church. You see, and all these other ministries as they are placed to. We cannot kick away all these other ministries who are not church. We must support them. They are important. It's Christ's wisdom for those people as well. But the church too has its place. These two must work together in wisdom.
Love the body. Protect the body. Love your church. Love your family. Love God's house. Love God's people. Number five. Aggressive study of the word. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Aggressive study of the word. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. And now brethren I command you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Do you want an inheritance? Do you want an inheritance? Stay in the word. You will find inheritance here. It's able, the word is able to build you up. You must have an aggressive study life. Not as though your life depends on, depends on it because truly your life depends on it. Number six, earthly sacrifices. Earthly sacrifices. You must be able to sacrifice things for the gospel of Jesus. Your time, your house, your car, your money, your yourself, your business, your compound. Sacrifice them. Tonight, we're going to sing a song. And we're going to be praying one single prayer as I close. It's a prayer of revival now. You put it everywhere on your social media, revival now. The revival is not coming. The revival has come. The revival is not coming. No. The revival has come. And so we're going to sing a song together. I heard in my spirit. You can come please. You may not come. You are the Lord. Let your name be glorified. I heard that song over and over again when I was coming and the Lord dropped that song. It's a song of the spirit. We're going to sing it and I'm going to pray. Put that song on. That song is your theme song for the next four days. Keep singing it. Keep singing it. Something will rest upon you as you are singing it. A new anointing. That's what the Lord told me. That's what the Lord told me. Something will rest upon you as you keep singing it. Are you ready? You are the Lord. Let your name be glorified.
me as we close. Remember, I always advise you, 30 minutes after the service, pray in tongues. And then sing the song for the next three days. Things will open up. Channels will open up. Believe ye your prophet. I've told you. This is what the Lord has said to us to do. You sing this song over and over again. In the night, wake up. Dance with the song. It's a song of the hour. Put it on your social media, on your status. You are the Lord. Let your name be glorified. It's a revival song for the now. Take your body and your cup. Father, Lord, we bless this as you've instructed us to do. That on the last day, we should break the body and the, and, the, and the wine and the blood. And we should partake of this as we declare revival now. Let it begin right now, oh God, to the glory and the honor of your name. Please partake of it. by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.